fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Chute. <laughs> Welcome to season eight of Beyond the Wall. <laughs> Tonight, we're discussing Game of Thrones as a whole, as, as a series, because it ended, and that's the kind of thing people do. And uh, rather than do like a retrospective of just the last season, we're doing a retrospective of like the whole shebang. Um, and yeah, um, I mentioned I'm Juche. As always, I'm joined with by Christiana Ellis. Hello. Nettie Nookchus. Hey, everybody. And Viv. Hey, y'all. Hey. And I have, um, um, uh, well, I was going to say, Christiana mentioned that the, the chat's already getting a little rowdy, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I tried a few times to kind of plan out like an agenda and come up with some questions and all that. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, it's uh, er, the story is so big and we could do a bunch of pointless trivia or put you on the spot to think of a bunch of things. But um, that's already be done and all over the place anyways. But so I just kind of wanted people to talk about their favorite things about the whole thing overall. Um, certainly the bulk of our show was critique. And we mentioned a few times off and on that those critiques are you know, taken with a grain of salt because of how much we love the world and the, the mythos and the characters and everything and how well done the show was that even though we were really harsh on it occasionally, mm-hmm. it was um, still with love and mostly nitpicking and uh, still had very, um, it held to very high standards overall. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is there somewhere somebody wants to start? Well, uh, we can briefly just discuss the uh, the Balticon mm-hmm. panel. Yeah. Uh, Viv and I were there and joined by Billy Flynn and the Flintstress. Uh, did we get the audio of that? Yes, that has been posted. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, good. So everybody knows that already. <laughs> right. That was such <laughs> um, a great discussion. So, uh, well, I mean, I was there, so I wasn't necessarily <laughs> hanging on the feed to make sure that it was. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think in some ways that that went really well, but it was kind of, it did rely on that hanging on just like, what were some things from the first season that you remember, that sort of thing. But uh, as far as looking back on the show, I mean, it, I think it's interesting that the last 10 to 15 years have really started some trends in medium in media that are, are these epic things. Like for example, before the Harry Potter series, the idea that you're going to have, what was it? Eight total movies. Um, if you don't count yeah. the fantastic beasts, which I don't, um, right. That's a whole other thing. Um, but anyway, like, but these eight movies, all with the same cast of actors 
where you see kids growing up yeah. over mm -hmm. the course of the story and, and this, this consistent vision throughout. And you get the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. And then Game of Thrones became that on a TV level. Now, obviously, there have been plenty of TV shows that uh, went more seasons than Game of Thrones did, but Game of Thrones was both epic in its scope and in its media impact, I think, in a way that it's hard to think of another TV show that has uh, made such a uh, cultural impact, at least in recent years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, especially with the kids thing, um, uh, thankfully, Game of Thrones did not have their hands tied where they could only hire British actors, uh, but uh, that they they uh, were able to hire from all. But the idea that they were hiring kids and some of, you know, all of them, un most of them unknown, uh, one of them not even an actor. Uh, it's a pretty big gamble because you never know are these kids going to be able to stick it out? Are they going to be right as they grow up? Are they going to, you know, go through puberty and suddenly no longer match your vision? Are they going to mature in their acting or are they going to continue to sound like a child actor, you know? And uh, I think they did a really good job with the casting there for the kids for sure. Um, and again, as I said, you know, like, so Maisie Williams was not an actress. They hired her because she was a dancer because they wanted somebody that could do the whole water dancer thing. And so they looked for a dancer and then she learned to act. And that was a gamble that paid off. Yeah. I think we can all agree. <laughs> um, she really uh, blossomed and she carried that character in, in ways that you never, you never knew. And um, if I may, another gamble, uh, not a child, but, uh Alfie Allen really didn't have a lot before except you know being known as Lily Allen's brother who she wrote that song about sending him to rehab right uh and then he turned out to be just this amazing actor um which I think is really impressive when you think about the fact that there were so many actors that they knew were going to be amazing you know, they hired Sean Bean, they hired Peter Dinklage, they hired Ian, how do I say his last name? Gellin, no, Aiden Gellin, whatever, uh, Littlefinger, that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. I, I'm <laughs> terrible with pronunciation. They, they, knew, they were getting Charles Dance for Tywin. They knew that they had some solid actors, but then there were other actors that it was just a 100% gamble, and it worked out really well. Um, and many of them went on and did other things, while filming Game of Thrones, they were also doing other things, you know, like you have uh, uh, Amelia Clark doing um, the Terminator movie and um, a whole bunch of other things. I can't remember all, but they were really fantastic. Um, you had. Uh, Alfie Allen was in John Wick. Yeah. And and um, I can't remember her name and I'm killing myself, but Marjorie did other things. Uh, she was in uh, Hunger Games. Hmm? Oh yeah, she's been working for a long time now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 Sansa, are, are uh, again, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Sophie Turner. Thank you, Sophie Turner. You know she is. Uh, she is our new Dark Phoenix. I mean, it's <sighs> it's fantastic to see all these people go on and do other things. Thanks to getting this start on Game of Thrones, it's it's yeah. really wild. 
And some made some poor decisions. You know, Pompeii. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Everybody one, first, makes bad decisions. The first, uh, what's his face? Um, Danny's, Harrington. Danny's yeah. first, the first version of her. Boyfriend. Oh, Dario. Dario. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first version of Dario went on to make a, what, like a transporter movie or something that was... Look, Not well as I received. said, everybody makes bad decisions. I just saw Wanted for the first time. James McAvoy, oof, oof. <laughs> everybody else in that, oof, oof. Well, I, I think it's interesting just to uh, reflect on pretty much across the board, the casting for this show was pretty great. I think, uh, you know, the like Dario is the only one that really comes to mind where they cast two different people and neither of them looked at all like the, they, yeah. they didn't look like each other and neither looks like the description from the book. So yeah. I don't care. Cause I don't, I mean, Dario was not ever one of my favorite characters, but I think by and large, yeah. the vast majority of the casting in the show is incredible. Yeah. It was such mm-hmm. a large cast, so many shoes to fill mm-hmm. because uh, so many were, um, uh, there, there were no small characters, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. was really fleshed out. Well, not everybody, but mostly. Well, and one of the things, and I, I heard George talking about this once about how the difficulty when you do a TV show is if a character it isn't in the in the story, you can't. That doesn't work for TV. So, uh, in the book, some characters would be off screen for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't do that in the show. They had to write it so that those characters were always there. Because if you don't give them actually time on screen, they're going to go off and find other projects. Mm-hmm. They actually had to take that into account. So there was no like off screen, uh, oh, whatever happened to this person kind of a thing. And then come mm-hmm. back with somebody, you know, and and then you'd have the same, the same character or the same actor. Um, so that the fact that they were able to balance that I think is uh, pretty good. Well, I think in some ways that's why the tail end of season four and into season five is where really things started to shift because mm-hmm. book four is written in a way where we're really only following half the POV characters and we don't get the other half until book five. Yeah. And so just like what you were saying, you can't do that on a TV show. You can't just say half the cast. Well, we'll see in 18 months, you know, they're going to not be available (laughs) in 18 months. Yep. So uh, just uh, in the chat, April O'Neill says that uh, uh, she's watching us on her 55 inch TV. And uh, we oh. all come out good. <laughs> um, uh, I know, I know, Paulette sometimes does that as well. Uh, and uh, April had also said, "What am I going to do without all of you?" Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, I, April, you could watch Tibby, so many levels. Yeah, <laughs> many levels. April and Tibby uh, both agree that they always love the dragons, and that is the one thing that the show never got wrong. Well. I, I maintain that that shot in the finale of Danny coming out and the dragon's uh, wings extending flat, behind flat. her may well be my favorite shot of the whole series. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, my favorite shot is all the dragons. Um, <laughs> uh, we all know my love for dragons. And uh, while they did have Dothraki math throughout the season, the series, uh, I never really felt disappointed with the dragons. Um, I think that what they did with them was good. Sometimes I kind of wish there was more, but you know, CGI, whatever. Um, so while I may have been disappointed with not seeing direwolves, uh, I was always very happy with how they were portrayed, but also how they were used in the story. You know, it wasn't, oh, there's dragons and now we'll cut to mm -hmm. people and then there's dragons and now we cut to people. It actually felt like they were part of the story. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. Mm. Could everybody list their absolute hands down favorite character storyline? I had a similar yeah. thought of, of like, like who has the, the, the biggest story art kind of thing. Um, and favorite. Yeah. It's a really different. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, is everyone going to pick Arya? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm trying. The thing is, I'm what if we sure. say so? So if we can, if we can just say Arya is a given. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so second favorite. What's your second favorite? And, and if Arya is not your first favorite, then then uh, list who, who you know who it is, and, and yeah. that's your damn favorite, and it's not Arya. Damn it. <laughs> I think my next favorite would be Brienne, and I think I would might have given her the top spot if not for just some of the ways things were handled right at the end yeah. um you know not so much the very last episode but the stuff with with uh you know with jamie like that whole sequence was <sighs> not a fan of that but we've talked about that but <laughs> yeah. other than ending on kind of a stumble i think that uh, she would be very close to Arya in terms of my favorite. I think um, I love Arya's storyline. I think I'm I'm biased because I love it even more in the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I can't help but loving it because Arya is Arya, and Brienne. I love that we get this story from her. Uh, I have the same complaints that Christiana does, but I'm not sure that we get enough of her to make it my favorite. Um, you know, she wasn't there through the entire series. So if I'm going to choose someone who is there for the whole series, I'm going to choose Sansa. Mm -hmm. You stole I mean, mine, Hooker. I know. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I'm like, and Viv's going to be mad because I know she's a Sansa fan. And um, the funny thing is, I think that for you, like you came into this absolutely loving Sansa and you were a Sansa fan before it was cool. <laughs> I remember talking about, you know, strong characters and you saying Sansa's a strong character and you don't have to be a fighter to be a strong character. Yeah. And so many people hate on her because she starts out so, you know, in her head and believing all the stories she was told and people get mad at her for that. But if that's all she ever knew and she was taught that, like, how can you be mad at somebody for yeah. believing everything they were taught? You know, By the people they trust most in the world. 
and 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 that it it what i like about her is that she in the beginning she does have that that whole problem with i i need this to be real like this is my yeah. religion if if it's not real then what am i because this is all i've ever been raised to be aria bucked that right from the beginning but sansa bought into it and it's a hard thing to be confronted with the fact that everything you were taught and what you were told you were going to be is wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for her to come through that is to me fantastic. I disagree with a lot of the choices that the writers made, not Sansa, the writers made. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that she, uh, yeah, I think her storyline is uh, pretty epic. Well, I'm going to add on to that since we're already talking about her. <laughs> um, I think in, I of course agree with everything. I, I kind of, I hesitated when you said that first, because I kind of remembered not being thrilled with Sansa, but I think that was just the very beginning of season one before I saw what she was going to be able to really do as an actress and with the character. But I think that it's really interesting, you know, as much as I, and I think that was one of my lowest rated episodes was the episode with Sansa's rape. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it's, you know, supposed to be worse in the book and all that stuff like that. But it was, it was hard to watch. We can all agree. Yeah. I think that scene though, and the need for it was pivotal as much as seeing Arya's scene where she takes her own clothes off and we see she's a developed woman with Gendry, I think it's just as important that we had a scene like that for Sansa, the way that we had it maybe lessened a little bit, of course, but um, it was pivotal because it made it possible for her to break the wheel that she was expected to keep on rolling on with. And, and it was smaller than Danny's intention of breaking the wheel because it was solely about herself. She ends up, she doesn't have to marry a Lord. She doesn't have to have a bunch of babies. She doesn't have to sit behind a man, Sansa I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to sit behind anybody else and be the lady and be something that gets sold in marriage because she already did that and she's not doing it again. And she's lucky enough that the people that would have forced her into doing that again are all dead. <laughs> and her brother is the king. And she knows and she is safe enough in her little privileged world where she can rise above all of the things that her mother told her she would have to be because that's what was expected. And that's what good little ladies did. Well, this little lady got to rise above all of that garbage and she's now queen of the North for however long, but she's queen of the North and she did that herself. And yes, there were men that helped her along the way, but it was her ass that was sold it was her ass that was raped it was her ass that jumped off that damn castle wall mm -hmm. it was her ass that rode down to king's landing and said i'm here to help decide what's going to happen like she was really powerful and and it was in spite of and because of the men that were around her and just knowing that she's going to be free of that system is just one of it's as thrill giving to me as knowing aria's out at exploring the what's west of westeros those are two things i needed after what those girls went through uh sansa also was one of the few characters who really didn't have any stumbles towards the end mm. she was pretty much right on the money with every assessment she made since the mm. end of i mean you know ever since you they learned. uh 
Yeah. Since when? Well, I was just trying to think when when the reasonable point is. I I really think since after the Battle of the Bastards, when they got rid of Ramsey, I think she yeah. was just nailing it yep. every step of the way after that. Yeah, I the mean, last, there were, the last obviously- error I remember her making was not telling John that she had the Knights of the Veil. Vale. Yeah, I feel well, like that was the last big mistake she made. Yeah, and I think you know there were certainly times in since then where the show jerked us around a little bit, like making us think that there was more tension between her and Arya, like, right. you know, l- making us think that Littlefinger's manipulations were working, for example. Yeah. Uh, that, so, but then again, I mean, the reveal was that, no, she, you know, I, th- I talked about this, I think at some point, but I was reflecting during my rewatch on Littlefinger and how, his crucial flaw ultimately was that he really just didn't, didn't understand what it means to have a family. Yeah. He really just didn't get it. And so the, he saw how different Sansa and Arya were, and he saw the tension between them and the conflict between them and how they would argue and say, aha, there's my chance. Just really not understanding. Oh no, they're sisters. And yeah, maybe sometimes they will argue or fight, but that does not mean that they trust you more than each other. Right. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and uh, so, but in any event, uh, yeah. So Sansa really got to finish strong compared to a lot of the other arcs. And you know, like uh, in the chat, uh, April has uh, l- mentions Jamie because they took a character that everyone hated and rightly so, and turned him around in the fans' eyes. He did, however, have a lame ending. And I actually want to comment on that a little bit because both, uh, you know, Viv and I talked about our unhappiness with how they left, you know, the, 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 the parting of Jamie and Brienne. And I really blame the writers for that because I would have loved it so much more. First of all, I think him choosing to go back to Cersei makes perfect sense to me, but I would have loved it if maybe he is on the verge of sleeping with Brienne instead and realizes before he does it, I can't. I'm sorry. I wish I could be what you want, but I have to go back. And does it then instead of, oh, let's take your virginity and then try to duck out in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And leave you sobbing. It's like, yeah. that's not cool. So they could have made it the tragic star-crossed romance that no, his heart is torn asunder because he loves two women. It could have been this cool, like romantic melodrama. And instead they turned it shitty. They could have also made it that he, they could have still had him sleep with her the one night and have it be that and not have it be like, I could, they could still have a heartbreak. They could, it just, it was, it was two nights. Well, well I know because like they were totally planning a life together. I mean, everybody went back to King's Landing and he was like, no, I need to stay with Brienne. I, I need to. She's my guiding compass, blah, blah. You know, and 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 there was there was so much in the fact that he was staying with Brienne that made all of that just. I I think the idea that having them actually sleep together even once is this is the step too far. I I don't think they I don't think I could have they could have made that work either way because it's so clearly calculated. Oh yeah, to make us sad for Brienne and mad at Jamie and like 
And that's, you saw so much of the audience like, well, maybe he's actually going down to kill Cersei. And it's like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And so I agree. It was just that, that piece of it was not good. And it was just unnecessary. Yeah. It didn't affect the outcome at all. And you know, uh, it, April echoes exactly what yeah. we were saying right. in the last half of the, the series. But uh, the season, poor writing. But with that bump, like if if I can sort of use the uh, men in black flashy thing on myself mm -hmm. and imagine <laughs> that what actually happened is he kissed her once and then said, no, I cannot. I must return to my my sister and our doomed love and that whole thing. And then he left and went back to Cersei. Even just that change for me fixes Jamie's story for me. Yeah. Because honestly, I think him going back to Cersei makes sense. They were always two halves of a whole, even when they hated each other. And I mm. think it makes sense for them to finish together. And my only other real quarrel with the very end of, for the two of them is just that down in the tombs with rocks falling on their head, where later it seems like, oh, they would have been fine if they just stood on the other side of the room. Like that just seems like such a bizarre non-visual oh, choice. No, I, I mean, I, I, I do want to find out what Chooch's favorite is, but I do want to say something oh. that what Christiana said, because I don't think it's likely that Tyrion was the first person down there. I think that that room behind him was cleared because the soldiers and the workers had cleared that area looking for people. That's by that. I don't think he just happened to wander down there, move two rocks and find his brother and sister. Yeah. Okay, but but how when would that have ever happened? This was yeah. them going in for the first time into the I'm city. I'm just saying I don't think it happened that way. I think that we are left to guess like we are with so many other things, but I don't think Tyrion dug them out. That is not no. He okay, would have well, sent other people in. I so, okay, I right, I know it's I a nitpick. Have... It's a nitpick of a nitpick, I know. Too often do we have to figure things out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, poor writing. Uh, April says... Wait, wait. I'm still waiting to hear what Chucha's favorite storyline is. <laughs> well, before we get there, this is just one last on top of that. Can we use the Men in Black flashy thing for the Harry Potter epilogue? Uh, yeah. That. I'll, I'll second that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. I'm Chewy. fine with it. Who is, what That's is your favorite? Point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so Ari is probably favorite and closely followed by Sansa. I agree with those completely. And I was thinking of everybody else, you know, uh, anybody but John comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It's just so boring. Uh, read. The whole way. Through. I was so happy let him finish oh i'm sorry i thought, he, I thought, I, I thought he anybody but john i'm sorry i was being well, melodramatic yeah. with the way i said it but i just want to hear him my finish. other favorite is probably uh be sandor and it's another where mm, he comes yeah. similar to jamie where he comes full circle um with his brother and certainly parts of it are contrived and all that but for somebody who could have been uh, much more of a side character could have been much more much more of a two-dimensional character that I love how we got to learn so much more about him mm -hmm. and kind of mm -hmm. his relationship with Arya, his relationship with different people um and then the ending that was pretty much inevitable <laughs> and, and, yeah and satisfying <laughs> yeah yeah 
That was I, one of the things that we asked for the whole series was the Clegane Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Sandor. I absolutely yeah. love Sandor. And I loved Sandor before I even read the books because my brother was playing him in a D&D game that I was in. <laughs> Uh, and I, I started reading the books and he's like, so I haven't spoiled you on anything, but yeah, he's totally in the books. And I was like, Oh my God. So when I met him, I was so excited. Um, and I think that, uh, Rory McCain did such a good job portraying the pain that Sandor has mm-hmm. like, and, and uh, there's just in, in a show where everybody seems to be about, fucking and killing and all of these things he is just nope i kill people i have a code but you can't really see it and i'm gonna call everyone a cunt um and and there's something uh, yes exactly i'm gonna eat this chicken um but there's something about him that is so fascinating because he was loyal to a fault until oh crap fire yeah Um, and then at the end, it's, oh, crap, fire. Yeah, but your girl needs your help. And then he goes in, and it's just like, I'm right there with you, Chooch. Sandor is amazing. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I, I also think that it's so important to Arya's story to have the two of them you know, sort of really reach their respective story climaxes with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, you know, uh, I, I know Tibby in the chat had, had said that uh, he, he was, un, or uh, Tibby was unhappy with the, uh, um, the Aria's list, Aria's list, getting cheated out of completing her list and suggesting that, that uh, her story was messed up at the end. I, I disagree um, and the reason for that is that I think it was very important, albeit occasionally clumsy, it was very important for her to choose life. Mm. And in order to make that choice apparent and important, it needed to be contrasted with Sandor, who was able to tell her with personal knowledge this path of vengeance ends with death and you don't have to do that you can choose to live instead yep and you don't have to worry that you're letting anybody down it's not failing it's choosing life and it's and Sandor is saying, I it's too late for me. I don't feel like I can make a different choice, but it doesn't have to be too late for you. And so her making the choice, even as far as she's come, to say, I don't have to run into that burning, crumbling palace to look for someone who's probably gonna die anyway. I can live instead. And yeah. I thought that was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I agree. Um, I also really love how uh, there's like this mirror of Sandor and Brienne and both of them, the really important 
Mm. parts. Uh, the really important influences for them are Arya and Sansa. Mm. And it's mirrored like it's it's mirrored which one is which like ah. Bri Brienne mm -hmm. starts going, you know, with Arya and then and then Sansa becomes her main. And, and with Sandor, it starts with Sansa and then Arya becomes his main influence. Yeah, I w I just imagined a set of bookends where one mm -hmm. is one side is Brienne and one side is Sandor and each one has a spot where an Arya figure and a Sansa figure can go in either one. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, one other thing I did want to say about Sansa that I forgot to mention, uh, and it's mentioned in the books uh, from Kat's perspective about how Sansa is more like her than any of her other children. And when we see Sansa at the end of this series and we see her really come into her own, that is Kat. She has all the strength of Cat, and 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 minus the distraction of a of a man, um, which I I love. And much like you know, she starts out thinking her goal in this world is to marry somebody important, and she realizes no, my goal in this world is to be someone important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just think that is fantastic. So, um, and uh, Tibby had also said that uh, Arya was her favorite until the end. And then, well, everybody kind of messed up at the end. Uh, most of them, but. Arya was perfect. <laughs> I will say though, um, Nettie, you said that the thing that happened to Kat was that she was, had a man. And mm. I don't, I don't think that's true. I think. I think the right man, I think Eddard would have made her a very powerful and strong and courageous woman. I oh, think yeah. that I think that having Jon Snow showing up as the illegitimate child of Ed Eddard just that's, it, it, that was the that well, was the well, hold on, let me think. Yeah, sorry. I think that that squashed her in a way that Cersei was squashed by Robert with mm -hmm. all of his affairs. Yep. So I think that both women, I think Cersei and Kat were almost like black and white opposites of what happens when your husband betrays you and you're, you're, you're not in a place where you can hide it. Like there, yeah. Cersei was the head of state, so to speak. And Kat was the head of the house, the house of Stark. And both of them were just utterly demeaned and embarrassed in a world where their entire identity was wrapped up in being that figurehead and being the mother. And then they're being cheated on. And then there's the illegitimate evidence of that. Yeah. And I think when your whole world, you have been trained into this yoke of a life where you're just going to be a, a broodmare <laughs> for the yeah. family line, that really is like one of the few things that you have. And then here's this other chick that's, making babies too with your band. So it's like, I think it crushed them in different ways. Mm -hmm. Kat didn't give up on Ned. Cersei obviously did. And they went out of her way to make, well, and I like that the show, the show, the show added something that the, the books didn't have the show added. And it was a really great scene in season one where Cersei comes to Kat to talk to her about Bran and how, and tells her this story of losing her first child mm -hmm. 
And that was a child of Roberts. And there's the clue about the head of black hair and all of this other stuff. And she now the second part of this is in the books. She very carefully made sure that she never had a child from Robert again. She would never give that to him again. Mm -hmm. And that was her reaction to his betrayals. Mm -hmm. And whereas Kat was, I'm going to be the perfect lady. I am going to stand by your side. I just can't love your child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be the minor voice of dissent in the sense that I, Kat had many positive qualities, but I never loved her. Yeah. Well, I love Santa though. No, I agree. I agree. And well, and so like that, I had a little bit of a reaction when you said Sansa became like Kat and I was sort of feeling like, I'm, I'm not sure I agree. I think she took on some of Kat's qualities, but really surpassed her, transcended her, I think, because Kat had a strength to her, but she also had a tendency to lash out irrationally and make bad decisions out of out of just emotion. Now that's not to say that the emotion she was feeling wasn't completely legitimate and born out of true wrongs done to her. Justified. (laughs) But just think of all the trouble that was caused because she just couldn't let Tyrion go and get into the crossroads. Like she on relatively little in uh, evidence, taking the word of her childhood friend who she knew to be kind of a weasel that oh yeah Tyrion's dagger and just trusting like oh well her initial dislike of the Lannisters is just proof so therefore she's sure he did it she's going to kidnap the you know the brother of the queen all on her own volition with just the people who happen to be there at the inn with her it caused a lot of problems yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, it's like I understand what her reasoning was, but it was not yeah. well thought out ultimately. Well, and there's a couple of points that it's like yeah. if this just happened, everything would be different. Wait, mm-hmm. didn't we do a Balticon panel like that? I think we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh not this past one, yeah. but the one before I think was <laughs> yeah. what ifs. Which was actually two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, so there's a lot of chat in them going on about how John was useless. It was sad. John was white bread. John was there for mm-hmm. cute ass. I will give us what well, John had a couple of interesting points. Um, I do think John is more interesting in the books, but in the show, John. If it weren't for John, we wouldn't have some of the the best characters. Hmm. We wouldn't have had Ygritte. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't yeah. have had Tormund. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have had Samwell. We wouldn't have had anything up there. Um, and it was John that made these friendships. Yeah. Um, what I think is really funny is um, when reading the books, uh, you get this feeling that, you know, John... It, there's this whole, oh, he was tempted by the wildlings and he he fell in love with the wildlings and 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 can we actually trust him and blah blah and where are his loyalties and everything, and in the books it's it's John was first uh, uh, his eye was first turned by Ygritte, but what he really fell in love with was Mance Raider, hmm. and in the show, his eye was turned by Ygritte, but what he really fell in love with was Tormund. <laughs> <laughs> Their Mance Raider was awful. Yeah. 
Um, so poorly done in my opinion. Uh, but I I love, uh, that, that show torment is even more extra than Mm. book torment. And that made me super happy. Uh, I was discussing with tech that, uh, what they should have done with man's Raider is that that would have been a perfect cameo. And had they known what they were going to do in this season with the whole thing about stories and songs being important, they would have emphasized the fact that Mance was a bard and that was his big deal. And that's how he became King in the North, you know, King beyond the wall. Uh, if they had cast like a musician like Sting or Kano or Bon Jovi or or, or, uh, anyone like that, you know, Harry Connick Jr., you know, any any, uh, musician that we all know and love that can also act and who's totally charismatic. But Mm -hmm. I don't know if Sting can act, but could you imagine Mance Raider being Sting? Sting can act. All right. I've only seen him in Zoolander, so. Dune. You have not seen him act then. No. (laughs) Check out Dune, baby girl. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Sting can act. Okay. It's Sting. Uh, Well... Did well okay. if you call it what he did in Dune acting, he yeah. was in it. <laughs> he did you wear always, costumes. You always have to consider the fact that they are directed a certain way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? on that on that note, though, I think that the 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 actor that they did cast as Mansrader is a good actor. He yeah. has yeah. been it's great just, in lots of things. Yes. But the they just didn't give him anything interesting to yeah. do. And I think ultimately, like I didn't turn on John honestly until after he was brought back from the dead. Yeah. I didn't I, I was engaged in all his storylines up until then, but then I kind of just like the moment he decided Oh, well, I died and came back and therefore my vow is like moot void or whatever. Yeah. Like I I I did not feel that. Even if that is what John does in the books, maybe it is, but when it happened in the show, I didn't feel it. It felt like they just want him to go south and they had to come up with the reason and like mm-hmm. I get like the rationale of it, but like it didn't I could feel have right seen to me. It working totally better had the men in the Night's Watch said, "No, dude, your watch has ended. You died. Like we're still your allies, but mm-hmm. you can go." Yeah. Well, or or how about this? They're telling him you're not welcome. Yeah, yeah. you're you're an other. Mm-hmm. We are sworn to protect against the Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, I do not trust him coming back. I do agree. I think in hindsight, the way that we saw season eight play out, I think that it is possible that they were just sloppy Mm. and and finding a way to get him south. But that said, I, you know, I've, we've, we've had some time to catch our breath since the season ended and since the series (laughs) ended. And, um, I honestly, I don't really have a problem with John's arc and, I think partly because we loved Eamon so much and that was kind of Eamon's arc almost. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't read the Duncan egg stories and all of that stuff like that yet, but I know I've been saying for a thousand years I would, but, um, but like, I feel like his story arc was like, he was born a bastard. And if we're going to talk about the life that Arya and Sansa were raised to have, like, this will be your life. 
John's life, it seems like what we pick up is pretty much set. You're going to be a brother at the wall. Like, this is your life. You're a bastard. That's the best you can ever hope for. Mm-hmm. And while Ned did that to protect him, it also kind of took away any other real options for him to consider a life with a family and children and all of these things, other than the idea of I'm never going to make a bastard in this world. You know, I'm never yeah. going to marry and, and mm-hmm. do that to a family because he even on some level, I think all of the kids held some level of disrespect for the fact that while they love John, his brothers and sisters, well, I'm sorry, cousins, cousins, <laughs> cousins, right. <laughs> you know, well, that they love him, but that there was a little bit of diminishment of the honor that their father preached about so much to them. You know, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, dad, but then you cheated on mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that he could have also led a different life if he hadn't been raised as a bastard by a woman that hated the sight of him. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he came out so good considering the way Kat raised him is impressive. Um, I will say, by the way, while biologically cousins, they're his brothers and sisters. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, um, and I, I just knew someone that, would correct me if I didn't yeah. say cousins. <laughs> I, I also think that, um, that may be true, except for Arya. I think mm. for Arya, John was the biggest and closest sibling she had, and mm. she never saw any. Uh, she never saw anything. Well, Whereas, and I'll say Rob loved Rob loved John like a true Rob brother loved as well. John, but he, he absolutely knew, loved but, him. But Rob understood the difference, and and true, and he understood that John can never be. And this is in the books and they skipped it in the show until he decides to legitimize John and make him the heir. Because in the, in the books, that's what the only, you just have to be Lord of a house to legitimize a bastard. And that's what he did. And it's like in the show, he never did it. And it drove me crazy. It was when they got word that they thought that Bran and Rickon were dead. And he said, well, rather than have people, you know, fight over my sisters and put them in more peril, I'm making Rob my heir. Well, wasn't the problem, though, that he had already sworn to the Night's Watch at that point? And that was, you know, there was a bit of an issue there, but uh, he was king in the north. So he could uh, a king can. Well, uh, but the question, the concern at that point was whether John would accept it because. Yeah. No, but I, I was so happy that. John's arc ended the way it did, partly just because yeah. I'd I'd been unhappy with all of the show's uh, protestations that we should believe in him as the one true king who's going to save everybody. Because I just didn't ever feel that in my mm-hmm. heart. So I was glad that didn't happen. And in some respects, you know, if this show kind of grew in popularity as something that was taking these classic fantasy tropes and subverting them. John is the final example of that. Mm-hmm. Where is it turns out he is the chosen one, and yet what's the end of his story? It's Willy Wonka saying, "You get nothing." <laughs> yeah, um, I want and, it. it's, and it's not. It's not that yeah, I'm. Yeah, 
Well, and it's not that I'm like happy for his misfortune in a schadenfreude way as much as I didn't ever feel like he was actually the right guy to do all of that. And so it's a matter of saying, turns out being the chosen one is not great because if you can't actually seal the deal, everybody, nobody wants you around. Yep. Because <laughs> you make things complicated. Yep. And, you know, as much as I what the fugled about Bran being king, um, I, that's actually to me more satisfying than the idea of John being king or Danny oh, yeah. being queen. Agreed. You know, it, it to me, um, I wouldn't feel satisfied mm. if that was the end. Yeah. Uh, so Tibby says, I wish Ned had let his wife in on the secret. Maybe John would have been raised with more love and she wouldn't have spent her life feeling betrayed. Too bad he didn't trust her more. I think also um, yep. as much as Kat was devoted to Ned, there's only so far that that relationship can go with that big of a secret. Um, yeah. If you can't be open with your partner, there's a wall between you. And so that, there was always a wall. Exactly. Well, yeah, but I think here, that's one of the things that yeah. broke her. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. It, I, and I, I agree, but I, I think that it's not a matter of he didn't trust her enough. No. It's Ned's flaw is that he is honest and honorable to a fault, like yep. to the point where it is an active detriment to everything he cares about. And, and it's kind of just, I, you know, it's cruel irony that the one time he ever goes back on that, it, he ends up getting his head chopped off for it. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, I think that we, we have to remember the timeline of events though, because remember he went off to war or rather like the, the war it happened because his father and brother who was Kat's first husband or uh, betrothed, I, betrothed got killed. So he only married Kat because of that. Yeah. And didn't really know her that well necessarily. And, and then immediately went off to war. And so when he's coming back with this deathbed vow, he made to his sister and a wife that he hardly knows and just fought a war. And maybe it's better to not say, by the way, there's a Targaryen heir in my basket. You know, it's, uh, and so I And then at what point do you come clean? Right. And I think well, it's really just, it's him being, you know, his, he takes that vow to the grave because he's dense that way. Yeah. But then again, it's also kind of like what uh, Danny says towards the end here is either it's a total secret or everybody will know. Yep. Yeah. So um, I wanted to uh, go over our predictions for the end of the series, if anyone was interested. Yeah, in that. for sure. Sure. Because I think that that's fun. So we only got one listener send in theirs. Um, so I'm going to start with that. Uh, Mike McCauley said, pregnant Danny and John will end up ruling in the end, but King's Landing will end up decimated and the throne will be established in another town. This uh, The idea that Cersei destroys both kin King's Landing on her way down seems believable to me, plus fulfills the vision of the... Hang on, I got to scroll. Uh... Mm -hmm. 
vision of the throne being among ashes. So mm-hmm. we know how that went. Uh, so Chooch said uh, he he expected uh, John and Danny to sit on the throne. Uh, they came close. Uh, Tyrion's going to die. And Sam Tarly sitting down to write a song of ice and fire. <laughs> Thank, God title. <laughs> Thank God you were wrong about that one. It's Viv close. said, uh, Danny. Oh, geez. Hang on. Cause Viv had a lot of things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Danny, uh, no King. She is solo. Theon is going to die. Yep. Uh, oh, geez. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, white walkers coming back or the next generation, a pregnant belly or something showing that there's another chapter, but one that won't be filmed or Arya marrying Gendry with hot pie, making the cake and all sorts <laughs> of mush. <laughs> Uh, and then Christiana, I'm a fan of mush. Yeah. Uh, Christiana says Cersei will destroy the throne and there will be no throne. I don't think mm. any of us predicted that Drogon yeah. would be the one destroying right. the throne. In hindsight, I feel like there was, th- there were more clues than we realized, but yeah. But I don't think any of us would have gotten there. You know, that's yeah. kind of a leap. Uh, and oh, we did have a pregnant belly, though. Gilly's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, well, also, when I made those predictions, I was still very much in the camp of Cersei was faking her pregnancy, which I guess mm-hmm. was not what was happening, which is I, I think that was a failing of Cersei's final arc. There was no reason to make her actually pregnant. I don't feel like that produced anything interesting. It her. just felt like yeah. uh, Dorn to me. It was, we're going to sprinkle in some plot point. Oh, never mind. It's not important. Um, yeah. One of my predictions uh, was that her pregnancy would be irrelevant either way. So mm-hmm. why ever bother? I yeah. know it's it's so frustrating. It's like when you've chosen to only do six episodes, why are you sprinkling these things in? Uh, so Christiana said, Arya and Gendry will be standing on some wall somewhere, realizing that now is the time to pick up the pieces and start again. And then I said, uh, no throne, anarchy in Westeros, no more kings or queens, break the wheel. I was very <laughs> wrong. I really wanted that. Sam thought of it. Uh, yeah. And I said, new beginnings. There are no rules. We make our own rules. We get to decide what happens next. We will make the world a better place. Eh. Kind of. A little. Kind a of. Little. They're, they're leaning or towards possibly like. succumb a, to an evil overlord. Yeah. The one percenters are in charge. That's so it's going to be bumpy. But yeah. They are leading, leaning. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, well, I like you know, that it's theory. The, it's that, the. The one percenters instead of the point one percenters. Yeah. 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 Um, so those were our predictions. And uh, I think it's interesting also to see like what we were thinking at the beginning of beginning of the season and what mm-hmm. actually happened. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad that none of us were right. Like mm. none of us really knew what was going to happen. I think had we predicted something and that's exactly what would have happened. Uh, I know Christiana said this quite a bit. It would be disappointing. Yeah, yes. I agree. Um, yeah. That's why we pay them to write this shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in the chat, Tibby says, uh, back to the Jon Snow thing, uh, yet John was also Ned's sister's child. I think that Kat would have loved John for being the sister's child and would have protected him. But then Game of Thrones was so much about the bad choices people make. Yeah, I mean, the the point was not what would Kat say if she knew the truth. The point was 
freshly back from the war, what would Ned choose to do having just made a deathbed vow to his sister freshly, never to tell anyone? Totally. Freshly back from the war, but I yeah. mean, John wasn't a know. year old when he went to the wall. John was a man when he went to the wall. So I'm just saying a lot happens. Well, like I'm you see, Yeah, you know. I'm agreeing it was a bad decision. I'm just saying it wasn't about him not trusting her. It was about him thinking that keeping his promise is more important than anything else. I, yeah. I do like the idea that, mm -hmm. you know, Game of Thrones is about the bad decisions we make mm -hmm. um, or the bad choices people make. Uh, and Tibby also says, I think Cersei thinking that she was pregnant was part of her depression at that point, losing all her children and Jamie and all the other stuff happening. I, I yeah. think it was sloppy writing. They, uh, they wanted like, I, if they, if the answer was yes, she's pregnant, then they should have just freaking confirmed that early on instead of trying to make it sort of mysterious and yeah. then never quite confirming it, but just having everybody act as though it's true and then have her reveal a hundred percent that it's definitely true right at the end, just so she can have rocks fall on her head. Yeah. All right. So, okay. <laughs> so throughout this conversation that we've been having, I keep having that one meme, that graphic puppet in my head the, of one the of the horse? creators. No. Oh, of okay, one of the ahead. creators saying, we kind of forgot dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, it seems like you, that that happens so often. And like, yeah. I so like, this is another one of those times where I'm thinking, we kind of forgot, you know, that we set all this up and we don't care about it anymore. So you shouldn't either. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking of there's the uh the the drawing of the horse and season mm -hmm. one through four, it's very, very detailed. And season five, half of the season it's detailed and then it gets more line drawing. Oh, that, yeah. And season six, it's like line drawing, and then the very back end it's a photo, and season <laughs> seven and eight, and it's stick figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the only reason. The only reason they decided to have Cersei be pregnant is because they were thinking, we need to have Tyrion believe her. And what other possible reason could he ever have to yeah. believe a single word she says? And to say, she did always love her children. She has a baby. Maybe that's something for her to live for. Maybe she will cooperate. So, like, I... like. I think that is literally the only reason they introduced that plot point is to try to justify that because they really seemed utterly uninterested in exploring it in any other way. Jamie yeah. didn't care. There was some potentially interesting stuff with the idea that the timing of it, that if it's Jamie's baby, but then Euron is made to think that it's going to be his, like, but to, that that is something where he could have learned that it's not his and that could have been interesting except at that point they didn't have anything interesting to do with Euron either so it was just kind of they didn't have anything else to do with that plot point and yet they felt like they couldn't just ignore it and so it just felt awkward for every beat afterwards and again that's speculation on our part you know because we don't actually know what they're thinking mm -hmm. It's, what shoots? It's good for a little emotional twist at the end, but it's, yeah. it's a cheap trick. So, did anyone watch the uh, documentary? I yes. meant to, and then didn't. <laughs> I forgot. I yeah. planned to, and every time I sat down to watch it, I said, "Ugh, I don't want to." <laughs> uh, I feel like I should have wanted to, but I really, 
I didn't want to hear the writers talk about how great they are when I was not thinking that. Yeah. Well, yeah. that I mean, pretty much you... doesn't exist. It's a straightforward yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And they okay. are barely present. Oh, well, yeah. that's good. Maybe yeah. I'll it's watch the, it. It's the casting. It's the costume. It's this. It's Extras. really, I mean, it's, I kind of, I, I was dragging my feet. We talked about it a long time. We put it off and put it off and put it off. And I think we were both kind of like, I mean, I've got a little bit of fatigue for the world right now. Mm. <laughs> um, so going into that and like, you know, you were saying, I didn't want to hear them congratulating themselves when we had all been disappointed, but it really was this, the, the cast and the crew and the making of, and they started at the beginning of the season with, you know, they show a clip of the very first line read through that they'd ever done and all the little baby faces and all the grown-ups with their baby faces <laughs> and then compared it to like this season's and it was just like really it was really something to see not just because the table was far larger <laughs> to accommodate the larger cast but you know there was just like this you really did get a sense that these were people that whether they truly liked each other or not they saw each other as family and they knew that they were gonna be sitting at that table again you know what i mean and so it was like this really neat bond across everybody and the last table read that they did i'd seen some different footage from but it's just really neat to see like when somebody reads the lines and their character dies you see the people next to them reach over and touch them like it's Aww. oh it's so sweet like there's a lot of really mm -hmm. sweet moments in it there's mm -hmm. a lot of moments where i think chooch and i launched discussions of well god they spent all that money there and <laughs> oh, they could have you know so it kind of opened them up to be more criticized on my from me anyways on things that i think that they dropped the ball on or didn't mm -hmm. focus enough on or directions i think they focused too much on but i think overall it was nice it wasn't like oh my god you have to see it but it was good i mean it, it fills in a lot of blanks it does since we all basically kind of need a primer this season on what the f we just saw and what happened off screen mm -hmm. you know i think it fills in some gaps for me there too as well so plus it's just always neat for me now i think it's funny because i listened to um episode zero of our season one the very first episode we oh, were wow yeah and pg was there but christiana wasn't yeah <laughs> it was weird i was like where's christiana oh yeah yeah, well, because I know you guys had talked about how, oh, we just did this episode zero. We're going to do Game of Thrones podcast. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing we planned on inviting you because that could have been really awkward. <laughs> I don't remember you not being there. Yeah, yeah. I, First couple. I, yeah, I think I, I I joined pretty early on. Yeah, I can't like remember two. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My whole like origin story has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm uh so I'm now going to watch the the before mm. my Crave subscription runs out, I will watch that documentary because I really, like I said, I was dreading it. And now that you've told me what it was, yeah. I'm more interested in, in watching that. Um, one of the things that I do like is the relationships for the, like I'm normally not interested in celebrity lives, but the relationships that were formed mm -hmm. on Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, Kit Harrington met his wife, I can't remember the actress's name. I'm sorry. She played Ygritte. Rose, Rose Leslie. 
Rose, Rose Leslie. Leslie. There we go. I knew I knew that. I just couldn't remember it. Sure. And uh, my, everyone's favorite pairing, I think, would be uh, Maisie Williams and um, Sophie Turner. Uh, you know, they became yes. absolute best friends and, and that's adorable, but there are so many other like relationships that you see, like, uh, uh, Rory McCain and, um, I can't pronounce Christian something Icelandic, uh, for Tormund, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they became good friends and, and even, uh, Tormund in the mountain, which is like, wait, you never even film together but you know all of these really neat relationships and um uh the guy that plays gendry and aria like if you see when they start out he's like an adult and she's a kid and they kind of poke fun at each other and he and she has a crush on him and then when they finish they're more equals because they're both adults and and all of that which by the way filming that last scene must have been really weird for him uh I, I hope you guys will perhaps indulge me in a brief non Game of Thrones tangent. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Um, I've I've been in my five more minutes. I've been doing a rewatch of Gravity Falls. Oh, I love that. Show. And one of the arcs through of uh, you know running the whole kind of series, especially in season one, is that Dipper, this you know he's I think they're twelve. Um, yeah. he, uh, he's a twelve year old boy, and uh, he has a crush on Wendy, who's probably 17 mm -hmm. and he has a serious crush on her and eventually like he it's it's kind of revealed like he keeps wanting to tell her and not you know, kind of chickening out and then eventually it comes out and he's uh really embarrassed and she's basically does the best possible way of saying please don't be embarrassed because i want to still be your friend but i'm this isn't just, it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I'm, you know, you, we're just not, um, we're not at the same stage here and you're, you're going to be great someday. Yeah. This is just not what it's going to be, but I do still want to be friends. And then and it's, a, it's a whole sort of thing, but there is a season two episode and I just reviewed this one, but didn't uh, mention this and I'm regretting it now, but there's a bit where Dipper has time traveled back in time 10 years mm -hmm. and he briefly encounters seven-year-old Wendy who whispers and giggles that she thinks he's cute. And as, as the, as young Wendy leaves Dipper's, uh, uh, you know, Mabel is laughing at him and about, you know, it's like, isn't it funny that she thinks you're, you're cute now. And he's like, yeah, but she's like a little kid. It's weird. And she goes, that's probably how she felt. And he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, it's a total tangent there, but just the idea of the age difference and what it takes sometimes to realize what that actually is. That's anyway. fantastic. I love it. Because one of the things that always bugged me on, again, not Game of Thrones, about comics was the whole like, Peter Rasputin, Kitty Pride, weirdness thing, you know, um, or you know, any any um, Captain Marvel Shazam thing because it's like, mm. uh, yeah, he's he's a kid, um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, there was always that. Uh, wow. No, I think that's that's hysterical. Um, so uh, I have, if I can find it, here we go. I have all of our scores. Mm -hmm. 
What does everyone think our top rated season was? Hmm. I know we only one. have season two through eight. We oh, do not well, rank shit. them okay. in season one. I'm going to say season <sighs> four. Okay. Hmm. Season yeah. four, I think, did have the one really low one, though. So <laughs> My guess was three or four, so I'm going to say three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stick with my guess, even though I'm rethinking it now. Viv? What season had... So the rape was in season five? Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. And the Purple Wedding was season four then, right? The Purple Wedding? Which one? I'm Joffrey. Trying. Joffrey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was at the be early in season four. I think season four, probably. So you're close, but it's actually season seven. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so season season four got an eight point nine, and season two got an eight point nine. So the, they're both our second highest rated seasons. Uh, but season seven got a nine. A wow! Nine. Yeah. Um, I think huh. I know why. And I think it's because season seven was where they were getting through all of the crowd pleasing bits before they had to really start getting everything moved into place for the last season. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you in season seven, the lowest we rated something what co collectively was an 8.1. <laughs> Was yeah. that the season where I was giving higher than a hundred percent though? I don't count anything <laughs> higher than a hundred. <laughs> Damn it, Nettie. Sorry. Versus. Yes. Uh, no, but I, that's good. I in don't this, in this, I count higher than a hundred. In this situation. Oh wait, I lied. I'm fine. sorry. Uh, both you and Chooch gave, <laughs> <laughs> you gave episode 10 of season four, 200%. You gave it a, <laughs> I've got to go watch that now and see what the hell I like so much. So I think that's probably our top rated episode. <laughs> Jesus Just Christ. really funny because PG and I and, and Christiana gave that one. It's the children. Uh, Christiana gave that a 10 out of 10, but PG and I gave it an 8.5. So we were the curmudgeons. Hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I think that was the one where uh, where Joffrey dies at the end, right? Or no? Mm. I was just about that, to look. The children, see. I believe, is when we find out how the others yeah. were made. Mm -hmm. Is mm. that right? Yeah, I don't I know. So. Let me look. May, well, I mean, obviously, lots of things happen. I was kind <laughs> of thinking that episode two of season four was when Joffrey dies, but I don't remember. I'm just trying to think what what we would have rated so high. Yeah. Um, so our lowest rated episode, I believe. Uh, so that was in season five, right? It's got to be that. Yeah. Unvowed, <laughs> unbent, unbroken, which we gave it a two out of ten. Mm. And that beats anything that we've done elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Well, because like even other episodes that had really awful bits had other bits that were at least okay, whereas that yeah. episode really had nothing going for it. Yeah. I will say 
I rated the last of the Starks lower than that episode. I gave that episode, uh, a four out of 10. I'm sure it was because of other things going on. Uh, but I gave last of the Starks a one. Hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I think that would be our next lowest was, uh, last of the Starks. Hmm. So our lowest rated season, does anyone want to take a guess there? Oh, we guessed this one. Yeah. Season eight. Yeah. It's actually a tie between season five and season eight. Hmm. They both. That was the Ramsey, Theon, Stansa, rape, flailing, dogs, killing babies. Yeah. I think that one episode has to bring the average down by quite a bit. That one episode really brings the average down because we had, well, it was a mix, you know? Uh, We had 7.4 for the opening. Um, but most of them were in the eight or nines um, yeah. that really brought it down. And then, um, but, the, but this season, uh, we had some really high scores, you know, we had a 9.4, a, a 10 and then a nine. And then everything else was 3.8, 6.1, mm-hmm. 8.5. You know, it was, it, 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 that really brought it down. Yeah. 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 So I looked up season four, episode 10, and the storyline from per IMDb is Jon Snow meets Mance, and they discuss a peaceful alternative. Stannis and his army put the wildlings under siege, and Mance surrenders. Jon asks for mercy for, Ma- for Mance to Stannis for the way he was treated. Um, Cersei discloses affair to her father because she's trying to get out of marrying Loras. Um, oh, Tyrion kills Shay and Tywin's bed and then Papa. Um, was season four, episode 10, the one? Um, that was the highest I rated. Said, oh, okay. I thought she said yeah, that's one, the episode. Rated was, yeah, this is oh, the okay. highest rated one. Yeah. All right. Well, Danny I, learns so, okay. that her dragon killed a three-year-old girl. Brienne and Pod meet Arya. Yeah. We really okay. fucking love that. I just misheard what you said, The which one was the highest. That's all. So outside the one where they broke the scale... Our only uh, 10 out of 10s uh, collectively. Again, uh, this 10 out of 10 comes from Chooch breaking the scale by giving it uh, a a 15 out of 10. Um, And that is uh, season two, episode one, The North Remembers. Mm. Um, We also gave Blackwater a 10 out of 10. Um, Yeah. Now only three of us rated on that one, but I think uh, that was probably would have been uh, unanimous had we had everyone. Yeah, that's a pretty great episode. A pretty great episode. Was um, I the one that was missing? You and PG were both missing that week. Okay, I can't remember why. We probably would have balanced out. I I don't like war episodes, so mm. he probably would. Have, <laughs> I'm sure it would have balanced out. I I will echo that. Like I really liked that episode, but I will just say, looking back over the whole series, like the big battle episodes are generally not my favorite. Like that's yeah. not what I think back on. Yeah, and then our last ten out of ten is uh, a night of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh mm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is a nice way to mm-hmm. remember. Now, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I used to collect everybody's rating systems, and the way I used to do it is it would link to a Google Plus post, but wah, Google Plus is wah. no longer available. 
So I only have other people's ratings for this season, but I think uh, their um, classifiers are interesting. I did not record our classifiers because just I couldn't do that fast enough. But uh, nine out of 10 worthless fire trenches. Uh, three out of 10 stale cupcakes and cold Starbucks cups swiped from mm. the writer's table. <laughs> uh, five out of 10 poor battle tactics. Uh, let's see. We've got six out of 10 happy little dragon stra strafes. Uh, sorry, dragon fire strafes. I can read. I promise you. Uh, plus six better battle tactics and awesome effect scenes. Minus four clumsy character twists. Uh, let's see. Six out of 10 ringing bells. Eight out of 10 stuck landings after flubbing the freestyle routine. <laughs> and th those are just random, uh, mm. ratings from our, our, our viewers, which, uh, I, unfortunately I have a lot of like these links that go nowhere. Alas. Alas. Because we used to uh, keep people's comments as part of our contest. So that's mm -hmm. why it went to Google Plus, unfortunately. We needed a three-eyed raven. Yeah. Yeah. To protect our stories. You know, the thing is like. Perhaps the Wayback Machine. I think mm. everybody could have told us that it was going. It was not the best thing out there. But. Uh. Well, it's just one of those things. It's like Google seems like, oh, they're so big. What's yeah. going to happen to Google Plus? They they apparently just get tired of it, I guess. Same thing that happened to Google Wave. Ooh. You know, in parentheses, Christiana looks up at the top of the tab where it says Google Hangouts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still using it. <laughs> it's still here, so we're still using it. I mean, you know, they haven't done yet. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So I... <laughs> I'm glad that we rated so that I could look back at those things. I don't know if you guys are as much of a stats nerd as I am. I really enjoy being able to see those things because when you're in the moment, it's your emotions that are rating. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if you rewatch, you might not rate it exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah, and capturing our feelings in the moment is a big deal. And so like, I, I want to just say thank you, Nutty, for all of the work you did tracking those ratings over the years it is great to have all of that data and we have you to thank for that. So thank you. And I don't remember what made me start tracking them in a document, but we didn't start out tracking them. Mm -hmm. So I did go back and listen to every episode <laughs> at those wow. at one point. Yes. Thank you, Pass Nutty, for doing that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was... It's been a hell of a ride. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I do want to say that as a show, it's been great. I'm not sure. I I don't I can't tell you if I would have really stuck it out without the podcast. Mm. There were times that I could have said, "Do I really want to spend the money for HBO to watch it with everyone else?" And I could foresee myself saying, I'll wait till it shows up on Netflix, which it never will. Um, <laughs> uh, you can or, get the discs for it. But, yeah. But, I, like I could, I could have seen myself, yeah. you know, waiting or just saying, eh, I don't want to see past the books, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely the podcast kept me watching the show. And I think that 
Um, I am probably not alone in saying that the podcast was made the show even better for me because it had that personal component and it, it was, I knew I was going to be talking to you guys about uh -huh. it. And I, you know, this might make some people emotional. I'm sorry. Trigger warning for emotions. <laughs> um, I still think after watching an episode, what I would say to PG or what mm. I think PG would think about things. And I have mm. these mental conversations in my head all the time. And it's really nice to be able to watch something and, and think about what your friend might say or what mm -hmm. you would say to your friend. So that has made this whole experience very special for me. And I just want to thank all of you for being part of it. And for us, you know, continuing with PG's wish and keeping this going. So thank you. Yeah. And thank you to all of the listeners. You coming every week made us realize that we weren't just talking to ourselves mm -hmm. um, and that you cared as well. So thank you. Yeah, I think switching to the YouTube format and having the videos and having the chat room and everything has added such a huge dimension that I really wasn't expecting at all. Um, yeah. That inter interactive element um, has added just so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was terrifying to add on because it went from being this cozy little bubble of us sitting on Skype talking together and we knew each other and we knew people might be listening, but when we went YouTube and we were broadcasting our faces for some, I still don't like, that was just still like a really surprising episode. I didn't understand it until like five minutes before we went like, wait a minute, we're going to be, oh shit. <laughs> I remember so thinking, wait, I have to put lipstick on. I know. I was like, I gotta have lips. I don't know what I'm going to say. I gotta at least have lips. Sam, no, the but first yeah. few seasons were edited. And like, yes, so when yeah. we were listening to that episode zero and episode yeah. one, PG actually bleeped out a couple cuss words and stuff. I'm well, like, oh, that's so he, adorable. He, he dropped in sound clips from the show and stuff yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, from episode zero, yeah. he had dropped in clips from the preview. They had mm -hmm. shown like a yeah. preview of the episode and he had dropped in, even on episode zero, he had done audio drops. Yeah, yeah. it was edited. He put a lot of time into it. Clearly we don't edit. We just kind of throw yeah. stuff out there, but you know, of all the thank yous, I kind of, you know, I'm like nutty. I probably would have probably dropped the subscription around season five for a while, just to kind of take a moment, take a breath. Mm. But, you know, we had made a commitment and after we lost PG, we decided that, you know, we were going to bring this home for him. Mm -hmm. And I think we have. And I think one of the things that he said, two things that I remember from the first up from episode zero. And one of them was that germ will kill anybody. <laughs> so he warned us episode zero season one. He told y'all, sorry if you weren't listening, <laughs> but everybody was on the table at that point, like mm -hmm. was on the menu for being iced. And the other was that he really hoped that it was, it would be, it was going to be good since we were going to have to watch it all since we committed to do the <laughs> podcast, you know? And I'm yeah. like, so I want to say actually thank you to HBO and the showrunners because they did make it, they did make it good because it was tough at points, but we stuck. And yes, for me, a lot of it was because of the commitment to PG and to you guys that we had made. 
But I really just want to give a thank you to PG because he's the reason that we're all doing this. He got Chooch and I off our ass and Nutty and Christiana brought in and like he set up the station and he set everything up and it's our love for him and all the silly shit that he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Damn that you, we were Holy able to field. do this. Damn yes. you, Holyfield, indeed. <laughs> so that's who I wanted to thank, besides Chooch for picking up the mantle and doing all the shit work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was his... Yeah, another round of applause. His deal in the beginning was, as long as I don't have to do it, <laughs> sure, I'll be on it. <laughs> but, you know, we do these things for PG, and we do these things for each other, and it really did end up being a good series, so I'm, I'm glad he twisted our arms and got us doing it because it's been so fun especially talking with you guys and also the viewers and listeners mm-hmm. that have been messaging in since so yeah well um, and yeah just to echo all of that i uh you know i i knew you guys before the podcast but i think i was probably closest to pg when it started and but i've you know grown closer to all of you over the years and you know it was something that we all did together and it was wonderful but then you know we we lost pg and that was really hard but it was it was a great thing that i felt like we could do to continue this and have it be a way to process some of those feelings and to stay close with people we all you know we all know that we all loved him and uh, and to just continue on and just a way to stay close with uh, friends. And uh, it's, I just, it's something I really value and I appreciate, you know, every, everyone who's put the time in, you know, stuck with an HBO subscription when they didn't think <laughs> to, or, uh, you know, stuck it out through episodes that weren't as fun to watch for yeah. sure. And then of course, all the people who are joining and watching us live every week and, and everyone who listens later, I mean, it's just becomes a little community. And I think that's really special. And if you want to hear something wild every now and then Dave Slusher talks about where he is in game of Thrones because he'll watch an episode. I think he's in like season three. He'll watch an episode and then he'll listen to us. Oh, bless his pee yeah. and heart. So he's like, so I'm listening and my friend is there. And yeah, so there's there's all these emotions going on. But he he's always saying how much he likes that he's got a podcast that he knows he can listen to for this thing that he's consuming very slowly. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. uh, and yeah, we 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 were friends before, but I think this definitely pulled us much closer. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just just gonna say I was a I'm a bit torn now going forward. You know, I had started the first book before we started the series, finished the first book before the first season ended, and then stopped, so I'd be fresh to it. So now I'm free to read the books, and I'm kind of like want to wait till they're all done. <laughs> well, but whatever you decide, I can wait. Yeah, but I know I mean, I'm gonna get caught up <laughs> because of how yeah. you know the traditional pace has been. I'll yeah. catch up. <laughs> then again, yeah. uh, what I w- what I would say about that though is that there are always so many great shows and yeah. movies and books and everything yeah. that 
Like the books are good, but I wouldn't, I, I honestly wouldn't choose to spend the time on it unless that's what you feel like you want yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not feeling it, don't make yourself do it. <laughs> I think yeah. it makes sense for you to wait for the others to come out just for the, knowing the way that you consume right. media. I think that's going to be the most satisfying for you to just, and honestly, you know, I never read book five because of my migraines and stuff. So I'm now, and then I decide, well, I'll just wait till the series is done. Well, shit, the series is done. And now I have to decide. So I'm kind of where Chooch is. Like, do I read it or do I wait? And I, I still haven't decided yet. I still don't know if I'm going to read Dance with Dragons, if I'm going to try anytime soon. It's well, a big goddamn book for somebody that gets is. migraines every two pages. It is. And I'll tell you both, uh, whatever you decide is fantastic and wonderful. And when or if you do finish, and this is going to answer the eye of Horace's questions of you guys still going to do the podcast now that the show's over. Um, any books that you finish, we'll all come back and we'll talk about it with you. <laughs> and so while this is the end of the series, we could have episodes coming out. So keep that feed in your podcatcher. Yeah um and stay you know because who knows if facebook's still going to be here in five years yeah um, god i hope not you know <laughs> please uh, god no uh, please, baby. whenever you change your podcatcher just keep that in your feed and and when things like that drop uh we'll review them we'll put them out you know we'll all get together and we'll talk about it but don't expect a regular schedule for no mm, yeah maybe maybe if the prequels you know the other series come out maybe we'll see uh -huh. yeah yeah we ended um, the city of heroes podcast seven years ago and then boom we just did a new <laughs> episode last month never know yeah, yeah. oh so, yeah so if anybody used to play city of heroes it's live again <laughs> message us we'll tell you about it <laughs> so uh april o'neill says your show has made me feel like i have friends in each of you oh you uh and april says viv listen to the books it's what i did while i worked yes uh you can listen to the books um i think roy dotry still did the last book I'm pretty sure he won't be able to do the next one since he's no longer with us. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure he passed, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate the thought, but I can't do audiobooks either. It's a different problem. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, yeah. You know, accessibility is hard. Yeah. Um, and then the Eye of Horus says, that's good. I'd miss y'all if you didn't put these out. Yeah. Wow. And uh, the Eye plays City of Heroes. Yeah. <gasps> Well, and, and you know, it was mentioned in kind of a joking way earlier, but Chooch and Viv are regular players on yes. the D&D &D game that I stream Wednesday nights, although after this week, it's going to be Tuesday nights. Yep. Mm. Big but, change. Uh, but uh, Nutty's actually sounds like she's going to be able to join us for this Wednesday, yep. where we're going to play a one shot. So if you guys here are going to miss us so much, you could... Check us out Wednesday streaming on Twitch and we'll be uh, playing a, a one shot so you won't even have to know the story in advance. And uh, <laughs> you can always go back into Christiana's feed and look up old episodes of yeah. So Many Levels uh, where I guessed it in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, she, we also did curse of Strahd. Right. Yeah. Uh, and all of, that. all of that is available, both YouTube video and there's a audio podcast version. Yeah. And you can go to christianaellis.com. Ding. Ding. <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, the eye of Horus goes, "Wow, I watch D and D too. See, <laughs> and April, go cross the streams. April oh, says, uh, "I'll be there." <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, it's. I love. Uh, I love podcasting with all of you. Uh, so. Chooch said, as long as I don't have to do anything, I'll be on this podcast. And my <laughs> thing was, as long as I don't have to do it every week forever, I'll do it. <laughs> because my schedule is so turbulent that I've never been able to do a regular anything. <laughs> and um, that is my big reason for not being on so many levels, because I, <laughs> I can't. Well, I we just were... know I'll fail, y'all. Well, we were we were glad to have you mm -hmm. for an extended guest slot, even though tragically you weren't able to be there for the the last episode your character was in. <laughs> I know. So we had to have the goodbye episode without you there. Yeah. But oh I well. Know. Well, and you know that's the thing. Like as I said, I have a very turbulent lifestyle, and mm -hmm. that was, I think, I think I was at at work. That was I, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was something yeah. where we really couldn't couldn't work around it. I don't think. And that's, that's, that's what happens, you know, it's with, with my job, uh, I never know. So, well, all but. the more though, that that just illustrates how great it has been that we together have been able to do this show yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. consistently over the years. And yeah. very rarely, I mean, we have had people not able to make certain recordings, but we almost always have everybody at the beginning, although apparently Christiana wasn't at episode zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the beginning episodes and at the finale episodes. And we've had some pretty good consistency. You know, there have been times when I think each of us were not able to make it, but that was, that was the beauty of having five people to begin with mm. was that if somebody missed out, we still had enough voices. Mm -hmm. So and well, I was dedicated to all of you <laughs> with my turbulent schedule. <laughs> I do remember a couple of uh, call-ins from a hotel and a uh, uh, weirdness there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had some interesting backdrops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that and sounds... this, by the way, I have lived in three provinces while we've done this. Wow. Wow. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And we started when I was in Nova Scotia. I've been working my way west. Started when I was in Nova Scotia. Then I, I was in New Brunswick and now I'm in Ontario and I'm about to move again, but I'll still be in Ontario. And I have recorded from two countries. So from the US and Canada. And I have recorded also from New York, Wisconsin, New Jersey, and Florida. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, we've lived in three different states. states. Virginia, yeah. then Maryland, wow. and now New Mexico. There and was a, and in addition to those, I've also podcast from Texas. Yeah. When I've been there. So I've done four, which I think Nettie, you still have the record, especially and for I, the out of country. I was just gonna say, I think Nettie has more different places, but I did one from South Korea. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mark, yeah, yeah. You probably you get, you Denver, get point. or possibly. <laughs> yeah, I think there, there must have been some over the years, not recently. I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, wow. no, I mean it's it's wild, and I love that 
we've been essentially all over the world and we've been able to come together. Mm -hmm. And nerd out for hours and hours over one hour of show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those first few episodes were one hour long. Yeah, he was later. insistent. PG was like, one hour, that's it. <laughs> one hour. That's all we're going to spend on this. Uh -huh. Sorry, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> How many hours did he spend editing it down to get yeah. to one hour, though? Because <laughs> we did talk. <laughs> Boy. All right. We, we, we did coin the phrase sex position. That showed up <laughs> everywhere else. While other people may have thought it was their idea, we coined that phrase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, the 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 fact that apparently there's only one way to have sex on HBO, and that's doggy style. Just <laughs> <laughs> <From us. laughs> doggy style. Well, it allows both actors to have their faces to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. on that note <laughs> yeah so like <laughs> we have to end on doggy style really well actually we can end on the fact that april says one hour was never enough agreed here here all right well thank you one final time to everybody tuning in chatting in yes, listening in and uh, all of our friends broadcasting here. Um. Happy Pride! Happy yes. Pride, Happy Pride. Yes. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, uh -huh. I thought you said you weren't going to watch it. We weren't going to, but we did for you. I thought it would have been good if you hadn't watched it and then we could talk about it and you would be talking about not to. Well, you should have said so. Well, oh, good. You're not watching it. That'll be great. <laughs> yes, that will be in the podcast, by the way. <laughs> this wow. will be a not safe for work podcast. I mean, I said it fine. I, you know, I'll yeah. fix it in post. Yeah, edit. I'll fix it in post. No, you know, but, you could have uh, done it by now. <laughs> Let <laughs> <laughs>